I'm Ryan. I'm Cody. I'm Austin. And I'm Sam. And, and we're, we're the, the Idiot Savants. And you're listening to Crazy Train of Thought on the BS Podcast Network. Oh, the EA Money Compass. I think we all should just sign a petition. You're the cause of at least a little bit. Steven Seagal, Putin, Vladimir Putin for president. Dragon Age, Inquisition 2, Mass Effect, Andromeda 2. I said that to Justin one time and I thought he was going to punch me in the throat. I'm going on the rails on a crazy train. Check a look. The Guardians is basically WWE. I mean, when it's all said and done. There was a midget uh, in WWE, but he was a leprechaun. He wasn't a small raccoon. Well, I mean, that's a little offensive. How's that offensive? He was Irish. (laughs) Having a midget be a leprechaun? (laughs) That's That's like George Lucas wanting to make the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Rings movies with little people as the dwarves why didn't they do that i i don't know i i'm not a little person and i don't know how little per little people feel about that but i think i I think i'd be offended peter dinklage would have done great as a hobbit that's because peter dinklage can do anything all right that man is a giant is a fucking (laughs) he is a a saint he's a god among men okay he can be a giant, just like you said. He, I don't know. I, I'm still reeling at that. Like, that was so awesome to see him in that movie. I was very surprised. So yeah. good. Yeah. Name any other famous midgets. Or little people. Burn Troyer. Never heard of him. He's mini-me in Austin Powers. Okay, but he's dead. Also offensive. But he's dead. He is dead now, sadly. He He's actually from... Uh, like 20 miles from my hometown. Oh. Yeah, he's from Centerville, Michigan. Oh. And, um, I mean, for whatever that's worth, like... Nothing. No, zero. <laughs> it's worth zero. You are correct. <laughs> but I really liked him. He was maybe maybe my favorite part about those Austin Powers movies, which even as a kid, yeah. I was like, these are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> my mojo, baby. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty bad. And and as a kid, I'm going to be completely honest here. I was not the world's smartest kid, and I did not have, like, a whole lot of exposure to a lot of entertainment. Like, I mostly just watched whatever my parents were into, and I didn't have, like, other than, like, Star Wars and Jurassic Park, I was yeah. really into those. But I didn't know that the Austin Powers movies were parodies of the 007 movies. Oh, they are? I still don't even know that now. You didn't know that? I mean, I might have, but... I didn't really care. I like guess. they are, they are direct ass parodies. Like the spy who the shagged, shagged me, me. Yeah. And okay. gold member is Goldfinger. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that they were supposed to be parodies of the 007 movies. Cause I was never into those. Like I liked the, the first one that Pierce Brosnan was in the one that the, that Goldeneye. Yeah. The one that the game is based off yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that one, and that damn scene was cool to see recreated in video games. Like, I remember being mind-blown that 
it was so accurately represented in video game form. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this looks just like the fucking movie. <laughs> but <laughs> now, now I play it. Now I play it and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. How did I think that? How did mm. I even think that a little bit? Yeah. And I remember my mom sitting down to play Zelda with us, Ocarina of Time, because she was into video games a little bit. And oh. she was the one who was like, pushing me towards video games like i think you'll like this i liked this when i was a kid oh wow and and the the like trees in ocarina of time being like look how fucking real this looks (laughs) (laughs) this is basically paper mache (laughs) trees in real life look exactly are polygonal in this exact same way tree like tree roots are triangles and they have faces on them too and they have faces <laughs> on them they talk the trees talk to me the trees in my yard speak to me one of them handed me a sword is that why that one has a face right out there i can see out your window my neighbor did that and i don't know what i like they faced it towards our yard like we would need to know that these are actually ents and i don't need to know that i don't want to know that the trees are moving when i am not looking at them are you sure it's not your neighbor just hiding behind the tree (laughs) (laughs) he hands you a sword (laughs) hand holding a sword out i didn't see the hand uh you just saw the sword i did you're just like this is mine mine. i'm the chosen one (laughs) i got i got one more midget or sorry a little old person okay that Oh, yeah, there's another one I can name, too. Go ahead. Say yours. Bridget the Midget. Do you know who is that is? she a porn star? It's a porn star. Okay. <laughs> I just had to name that one. Okay. Have you seen her in any of her videos? I've accidentally saw it because I'm like, who's Bridget? And then, you know, oh. Oh, this is midget porn. Oh, this is midget porn. This is weird. I'll, I'll jerk off to this, too. I guess. What if? It already, don't matter. I'm, I'm not going to judge. It. I'm not going to judge. My penis is already out. And yep. Might, might as well. <laughs> She's still got tits, right? Uh, I think. There you go. Fuck it. Whatevs. I'll take a good pair of tits. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and there's also um, Warwick Davis from The Hobbit. I'm sorry, not The Hobbit. Willow. <laughs> George Lucas's version of The Hobbit from Willow fame. He was also the main Ewok in the third Star Wars movie Whoa. in Return of the Jedi. Wasn't he a little disformed? Like, I might be thinking of someone else. Uh, no, he just looks like a guy. Just like a guy, okay. Yeah, he's not, I wouldn't, I don't think he's deformed. He's also in the third season of An Idiot Abroad. If you have seen nope. that show, that is the... It's on Netflix, but it's done by Ricky Gervais, who is the creator of the British version of The Office. So basically, he takes his buddy, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but he takes his buddy, and his buddy's like quintessential Londonite, who has not really been anywhere else in the world. Like He's British as fuck, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of narrowly scoped in his... um, in the way that he thinks about the world and he doesn't have a lot of exposure to other cultures cause he hasn't been out and visited other cultures. So Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais, who are his friend, 
have this idea that they're going to send Carl, that's his name, Carl Pilkington. Yeah. They're going to send him out into the world and they're going to just put a camera on him while they have him do shit in other countries. So they, they try and get him out of his comfort zone in weird ways, but they don't tell him that they're going to do that. So like, for example, they send him to Brazil and they send him to Rio de Janeiro which uh, portions of that city are like tourist attractions, but there are also portions that are very poor and they're like slum like. Yeah. So when they send him to Brazil, they have him stay in like a hippie commune hostel. So he's in bunk beds with people and there's like community showers and community (laughs) bathrooms. And there's no, when he goes to China, they don't put him up in like Shanghai in like a nice ass hotel. They send him to the slummiest the place. Fields. Yeah. Like rice fields and the, the bathrooms that he goes in don't have stalls <laughs> and, the, and they don't have toilets either. So when he goes into the bathroom, uh, like say in India, they send him to India as well. He goes into the bathroom and it's just a hole in the floor. Oh Yeah. So, and and it's like plumbed, like it's an actual, like it almost looks like they used to do old style urinals this way. There would be a whole formate, like porcelain formation glued to the wall. And on the base of it, it's just basically a hole in the floor, but it is still shaped like a urinal shape. And, and instead of being coming out from the wall, it's now built into the wall and then part of the floor. My old high school uh, used to have a urinal like this, several urinals like this. Oh, I think you're talking about, yeah. And and that's what this is, except it's plumbed for taking shits in. Mm. And it's plumbed like a toilet would be and not like a urinal would be. Imagine if we had to do that here. I, I think, honestly, I think it would be better. Like, as long as I was in a stall. No stalls. That, that's the... <laughs> no, I'm getting a stall, motherfucker. <laughs> Even the bathrooms at work, I don't use the urinals. So, one, I got to take my tool belt off. And I got to have a place to set that. Nope. So, I can't do that at the urinals poop. that are, don't have dividers in them. Fuck that. I'm going to the poop stall. Poop on the ceilings. Poop on the walls. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I've had an accident. He missed the, you missed the toilet. Just curved back <laughs> I, up and I went missed. onto the ceiling. <laughs> Oh, legit. I found a, a, a turd, a big ass turd mm. along the rim of the seat mm. last day. It was like two weeks ago. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to Adam mm. and I go, I missed as <laughs> a caption of my picture. He goes, I fucking hate you. <laughs> and I, and I thought, oh shit, he thinks it was me. <laughs> So I text him. I'm like, it, no, I, he goes, he goes, is that a real picture? I go, okay, it's a real picture. And this is a thing that happened, but I was not the cause of this particular event. So it's a real picture and it happened, but I am not it. I'm not the person you need to be mad at. Were you there when he, when he, uh, he was using the bathroom and he looked up and there was actual shit on the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> that, this, the shit on the ceiling he told after he after I sent him that picture, he got done cleaning it, and he goes, oh, no. "You probably don't want to use that stall for a couple of days because it was everywhere, and I'm not very good at cleaning. I'm gonna be completely honest." 
And then like two days later, he sends me that picture of the shit on the ceiling. And he goes, I told you I'd miss a spot. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry, Adam. (laughs) So, but back to an idiot abroad, it's a very good show and you should definitely check it out. Warwick Davis is in the third season of that. And Warwick Davis has significantly more culture because he's, you know, he's a famous actor. He has has some money. He's been around places. He's been to other cultures and he's also British, but to see, he's not like Carl's friend or anything. So when they go out, like they'll often get in arguments about different cultures and what they should do while they're there. And just the way that Carl feels about certain things in other cultures and, the the first two seasons are probably better than the third season, but I think the third season is still worth watching okay. for any listeners that have not checked out An Idiot Abroad. I highly recommend it. How many episodes a season? Like six. Six, okay. And they're maybe, I think like 45 minutes long, you know, regular hour TV show kind of length. And yeah. they're pretty reasonable in terms of watching. Um, it, I think it starts off a little slow because... If you, in the first couple of episodes, you're not really sure like who Carl is or why you should be watching him. Yeah. But as you get to the, towards the end of season one, you realize like, he's just kind of a nice guy who hasn't necessarily been exposed to these things. And you feel a little bit bad for him by the end of the first season because, and the antics take a step up in the second season, like Steven and Ricky send him on these adventures and they fuck him. Like they purposefully put him into these situations where it's going to be uncomfortable and kind of dickish for them to put him in these types of situations. Like the India one, like the India one where he doesn't have stalls (laughs) in the bathrooms and he's staying with other people. And like a lot of times the people don't speak English. So he has to have a translator (laughs) like, fuck man, this, this is terrible. Yeah. But it is definitely worth watching. You know, if any of our listeners check it out, let us know what you thought of it. If you enjoyed it like I did, or if you watch it, Austin, let me know what you thought. Yeah. Next episode. But uh, are you ready to kind of start this thing? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm ready too. Welcome everybody to Crazy Train of Thought brought to you by the Idiots of Ansai. I'm your host, Ryan Wolf. Thank you so much for joining us today. On this episode, I have with me... Austin Torres. Austin Torres. Thank you for joining us today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Good. Always Good. doing great. Also with us today, I have... No one else. No one else. I I thought that was Sam's cue to join in. Just busted through the door. Just bu- <laughs> I thought, he said he was on his way, I swear. <laughs> no, it's actually Sam's birthday. Happy so, birthday, Sammy. Happy birthday, Sam, you motherfucker. Yeah. Thank you for not being here. We wish you the the most wonderful 15th birthday of any <laughs> any kid that I know. Happy birthday. Don't eat too much cake. Don't eat always, too much cake. He always eats cake every single day. Always brings in cake in here, too. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cake connoisseur. Cake connoisseur. One could say. Mm. Well, we could have had his freaking uh, birthday bash podcast. We could have. What the fuck is he doing? Like, we could have had, like, balloons and... At least one balloon. I would have gotten him at least one balloon 
And I would have had something. I would have written on it just like Dwight from The Office. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't even put an exclamation point. It's a statement. Let me just get a plain cake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not even frosted. Just white cake in a pan. It's your birthday. Yep. I'll write it in Sharpie on the cake. Mm, Yummy. That's not poisonous, right? Nah. I don't think so. It'll be fine. Edible marker. He eats, uh, he eats crayons all the time, so. Yeah. No biggie. It's fine. My cat eats fucking styrofoam. Really? If I leave styrofoam around. So I'm sure if my cat can digest and shit styrofoam, I'm sure we could handle a little bit of permanent marker. Yeah, it, just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. What about you get those uh, markers that smell like... Okay, that's a good idea. And then that way I'll just color in the top of the cake. We can have a cherry section. <laughs> There's a burnt marshmallow. A burnt marshmallow section. <laughs> no, that one will be gone. I'll just have already eaten that one. <laughs> Austin, you've been playing Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, I'm still playing that. I uh, I beat it. I didn't think it was going to go as far as it did. I thought it was going to end after you beat uh, Ganondorf. Is that his name? Yeah. Sure. I, I'm not really good. The with bad guy. The bad guy. I'm not really. I don't play Zelda a lot, so I'm I just pretty saw sure that's that, his name, Ganon for short. I just I just saw this and it looked like Dynasty Warriors, and I really like Dynasty Warriors, so I was like, great, might as well. But I beat it and it went farther, and it was like some pirate people. I have, I have no idea who these people were, but I you get to play as them, and they have all different types of moves, different types of damage types. Uh, different characters have like different special abilities where one has like if you hit like eight times in a row there'll be like this like tornado that comes through and does a bunch of damage and it's like a super combo kind of deal or yeah you just have to level them up to that point to get her to get her to do that and then link gets his uh master sword like halfway through the game and you get to choose to either use that or like a normal sword or some wand i don't i don't know why but there's a wand that he gets. I, I didn't. I didn't use it because it's not cool. Swords and shield are cool. Yeah. So I use fuck that. wands. He's not a goddamn magician. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a warrior. But uh, there's a free mode in it, and there's like this other, like 2D game in it. What? Also, yeah. You you should ask uh, Cody about yeah, it. Yeah, Cody has brought up Hyrule Warriors on the podcast, and he kind of talked about some of the special moves that Zelda. And Link could use. Yeah. But he, I don't think he mentioned a free play mode, and he definitely didn't mention a 2D mode. What's what's that about? I I played the 2D mode, like, for maybe five minutes. I'm not really into those type of games. Like, Pokemon, I wasn't really into that either. Oh, oh the, is it like a top-down? Yeah. Like, old-school Zelda style? Yeah, I didn't mean not the 2D. That's not it. Yeah, but top-down. Okay. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, about. I think they're still... Probably, I would imagine it's probably still 2D. Is it 3D? Is it like a 3D top-down thing? No, I think it's pretty much how Pokemon is. So sprites rather than character models? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's that, and you have to stop Ganon again for whatever reason. Um, I played it for like five minutes. I'm like, ah, this isn't really for me. So I was like, oh, well. And then, But that's cool for Zelda fans to have that in there. Exactly. It's a throwback, I'm assuming, from how it used to be played. Right. Um, And then there's a free mode. You know, you can play as different people. You can play as the bad guys. There's one guy named Volga. 
He's like a dragon knight or something like that. And he's basically Lu Bu from Dynasty Warriors, who is the strongest like enemy in the game. So that's what I'm comparing to this guy to. Okay. And I like playing as that guy in that game because he's super powerful. And I like playing as this guy in the game because he's super powerful also. But you can play as him even though he's a bad guy? Yeah. That's yeah. badass. Yeah, there's in the free mode you can play as him playing on the good guy's sides or there's like it's not the main story but it's like a it's like a diverging path in the story and you can play as the enemies against the good guys. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that and then there's the free mode where you can actually just play each individual level as a good guy or a bad guy, whatever you want, really. So like at the end of the game there's like some pirates or whatever that you can only play as in those levels and free mode. You can play them at the beginning. Okay. So, but the Volga guy, this guy his like one of his special abilities is, uh, if you hit X, 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 you know, you do those couple moves and then you do a special, you can turn into a dragon and then you like do this like spiraling thing and hit the ground. And it just does so much damage all around you. It just takes everybody out. How does that run in tablet mode on the switch? Have you played it in tablet mode at all? Is the frame rate able to keep up with that type of gameplay? I always play on tablet mode. Okay. I don't have a setup for my uh, TV. Oh, yet. wow. Okay. So I just take it on the go, really. All right. Um, It plays fine. Really? I and mean, I've, I've had no trouble with it at all, other than it dying really quickly, you know? Yeah. Because it is a very graphical game, and it takes a lot of power to play this game. I would recommend getting an external battery pack. For your Switch, that's what I did for mine. I found one on Amazon. I think it was like 30 bucks, And it has five charges worth of Switch power. Wow. Or five Switch charges in it, essentially. It's like 20,000-something MAH. So I think the battery in the Switch is just barely bigger than the like a cell phone battery. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that doesn't... You know, that's a lot of power to drain for it to be like that um what am i trying to say that the switch is too powerful for a battery that small to handle i guess is what i'm trying to say no yeah you're right that's definitely right so i got a battery pack for mine and they make ones that you can that'll clip onto the switch itself which is cool those are like 20 bucks on amazon and for whatever reason i was like it would be a good idea if i had both right though so I, I just went ahead and bought both because I'm an idiot. I can only <laughs> use one at a time. And the one that I have already has five charges. I don't need six charges. Yeah. But uh, I did that. So I might have to buy one of those if I ever go on a, like a long trip or something. Right. So we'll see about that. Um, but I would recommend Hyrule Warriors if anybody I, likes Dynasty Warriors. I mean, Warrior you games. guys, you and Cody have really talked it up here. I mean, if it goes on sale for a pretty good price, I'd be willing to check it out. And I also saw on Switch that they've instituted a game demo area where you can, it's like in the store and you can just search game demos. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of cool. I don't remember seeing that before. I don't know if it's a new thing or. I I, I don't think it there it's out yet, but there are. A couple that have game demos because that Valkyrie, Val- I don't know what it was called, but I got a demo on my game because I wanted to try it out. It's like something Chronicles. I don't know. What it's Valkyria called. Chronicles? Valkyria Chronicles. Okay. Yeah. That new one. There's a demo for that. And it, it was, I think it was on the news part, I think, which is yep. what you're talking about. 
Right. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't see anything on there for game demos yet, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but I'm going to get Breath of the Wild next and then probably try out. I got when I bought the Switch, I got it on that Prime Day deal. So I right. got 20 bucks to spend for so on a game. Okay. So I'm just going to use that to buy one of the indie games. Okay. Test it out. Nice. Speaking of Switch indie games, it's time for our uh, crazy train of thought, Nindies Minute. Here we go. Mm, nice. Um, I think Nindies is a stupid term, but that's what that's what the internet is calling. Really? Nintendo Switch indie Nin- games. Nindies. 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 And and Nintendo has embraced this. I don't know if they invented it, but they definitely embraced They're it. They're probably gonna say, "Oh yeah, we got we did that." Uh, Nindies. That's that's our dumbass term. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny to see Reggie uh, Fiume on, uh, however you say his last name, yeah. on the Nintendo like press conferences, being like, and and our Nindies are really work like, <laughs> dude, you're like six four, two fifty, and you're saying the term Nindies. <laughs> but anyway. I've been playing some more Crossing Souls. I talked about it on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little bit more to talk about this week. So I don't remember if I mentioned it last week. But basically, I definitely... The game is like Stranger Things. And it has a lot of 80s vibes to it mm-hmm. in, in the gameplay and the references and stuff. And it's set in the 80s. So basically, Ooh. your character wakes up. And he wakes up the morning after a giant thunderstorm. Like a storm has gone through town. Yeah. And your brother is not in the bed next to you. Like he's supposed to be there and he's calling you on a walkie talkie. And he says, hey, main character's name. You need to come see me at the treehouse right now. Do you not know his name? Uh, I can look it up real quick. That's that's pretty bad, Ryan. You don't know his name. Why? Well, I, I don't know why. Okay. You're playing this game and you don't even know his name. Oh, my God. I'm going to keep this in. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so your main, your character's name is Chris, and you're going to look for your... (laughs) 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 Are you laughing at me because it's not even like a special last name? (laughs) Continue. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Sorry. Okay. So your main character, Chris, wakes up and your brother, Kevin, is not in his bed. And Kevin calls you on the radio and he says, Chris, you need to come see me at the treehouse. I have some crazy ass shit to talk to you about. So you leave you you leave your house and your dad gives you a baseball bat as your weapon, um, which is one way that it's kind of a throwback to Earthbound, like I talked about last week. Mm -hmm. But um, you get your baseball bat and you go explore town. And you recruit the other people that are in your party. So it's Kevin is your main kid. And then you also have uh, Kevin's your brother. Big Joe is your buddy. Uh And you also have Matt, who's like your science buddy. And Big Joe is like your big bruiser character. And he can move heavy objects. Like that's his power in the game. So is this like South Park, the stick of truth then? Um, I wouldn't say it ever gets anywhere near as vulgar as South Park gets. Oh, yeah. I, I, but yeah. I would say 
yes, in that, like, each character has their own special abilities, it is definitely like the stick of truth. Yeah, because you said you get a group and then... Yeah, and you walk around with your group, uh-huh. and uh, so far you you do not seem to be able to choose your group mates. So instead of, like, most JRPGs have you walk around with your other characters at all times and you can see them on the screen... Mm-hmm. But in this game, you only get one character and you can swap them by pressing the left bumper. So you swap in between Matt and Kevin and Big Joe. Yeah. And then the girl's name is uh, Charlie, Charlene. And she has like a whip that she can use as her main ability. And the whip, she can stretch in between things and bungee places. Yeah. So um, Chris is a climber. Matt is the smart kid and he has like a laser gun. And Big Joe is the bruiser, and he can move heavy stuff. And then Charlene has the whip that she can use. And I have not played very much as Kevin, but it I just unlocked him last night as a character. Oh. And his superpower is sarcasm. And I guess his sarcasm can make people explode. So is that what your superpower in, in is? IRL, my superpower would be sarcasm, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> i i am kevin you are kevin yeah mm. but i like i said i haven't got to play as him very much and um i, I don't want to spoil too much about it but your your brother has called you to reveal this big secret at the treehouse so you get all your buddies together and while you're traversing town everybody in town is like talking about weird shit that has happened in the town And people think it's because of this storm. So if you go to a house that's close to you, uh, that's close to your house, when you first exit your house and you go to explore, there's a direct poltergeist reference. There's like a young girl saying, like pointing at the TV and saying they're here, which is a reference to the 80s movie Poltergeist. Yeah. And then there's like stuff floating within the house, like one of the chairs is floating and... There's a couple more references to 80s movies throughout the thing, and I've screenshotted a lot of them, and I plan on putting them up as uh, on our Instagram as like just calling out the references on them. Okay. Um, and some of the funnier things that I found in the game so far, I've also screenshotted that. I wanted to do some gameplay footage, but I haven't yet so far. I know that Nintendo's kind of yeah specific about what like what you can record and what you can put yeah, up as footage pretty picky about that yeah. but i i'm unsure if that's for nintendo games because this isn't a nintendo game it's just on their platform so i'm hoping that we won't get flagged as anything too bad or have to take our footage down if i do end up recording footage but mm. yeah so so far crossing souls by our friends at devolver digital very good game. Pretty interesting so far. Of the indie games that I've tried on Switch, this has been by far the most interesting one I've played. And uh, as I understand it, you do not have your Switch indie title prepped for this episode, correct? I do not. I have different options, which is Stardew, Stardew Valley, uh, Mushroom Battle 2, something like that. Some weird thing. And then... I have Titan Quest on there too. 
I was okay. thinking about getting that, but that's not really an indie game. That's that's that was actually. Have you ever played that Titan Quest? I have not. I don't know what that it is. It is a really really old game. Like uh, it was, it's an RPG. I think I played it like once at my brother's house, but I was like too young to understand what the heck was going on. Right. But it seemed fun at the time, so mm-hmm. I got it on my wish list. But it's like forty bucks. Damn. And it's super super old. Right. So I don't understand why it's for so, it to be forty dollars. Yeah. But I mean, if it's still forty bucks, it has to be that good. <laughs> Is that the thought? That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just... Those older games, I wonder how well that stuff holds up in, in a modern setting. It, it, yeah, I guess. All right. Um, I also got on there The Escapist 2. Okay. And that's that's pretty much an indie game also, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. So I got that on there. I might get that one. That one's on sale. Um, There was one more. It was like Kingdom Battle or something. It's like a 2D... I think it was a 2D type game, and you just run around with a sword and kill people. So I just, I got I got those lined up just to see, uh, and I probably just randomly pick one and then just go. If there's any that our listeners from that list, if there's any from that list that our listeners want to get us to play, you know, let us know. You know, give us a shout out on Instagram or Twitter, or email us at theidiotsavants at outlook com. Um, yeah, I you know, it. if there's any indie games on the switch that you are curious about and you yeah. want to hear our thoughts on for sure, give us a, give us a shout out and see, we'll, cause we'll, we'll spend our hard earned cash on it. So you don't have to, I already got 20 bucks in Nintendo dollars. That's right. So I can spend it on whatever. Well, anything on Nintendo. So <laughs> on whatever <laughs> we, you've also been doing some Assassin's Creed origins. Yeah. I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, I, I, it's so weird going back to that game. It, it's on PC, okay. But I have a controller to the PC, okay. And there's all these buttons that I have to try to work into this controller, which I, I want it a certain way. Because when I go to play my other games, I want it to be the same way, like uh-huh. you know, shooting RT, you know, uh, just default console yeah. controls. Yeah, but with this, it didn't have anything that I like, so I had to do my own custom mapping of the controls. Wait, and what 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 are you talking about? It doesn't just pull. It doesn't whatever. have the, it doesn't have the one I want. It has its own like default, and then like oh, there's this, there's this, there's that. But do you, but do you have a special way that you play that game on Xbox? I don't play that on Xbox. But you've played Assassin's Creed on Xbox before. Yeah, but it's different. Origin specifically but is thing is I don't remember. It's been a oh long my time God, since Austin. I've been playing. <laughs> so like, I know in I think Syndicate there was like to crawl up the stair or up a wall you have to like run and hold A, and then to go like down you have to like run and hold B. Okay. Okay, and I would try to do that, but there's also other stuff in there that like crouch, and then there's like parry, and then there's like dodge, and then there's a light attack, and uh. Uh, heavy attack and then there's the aiming the bow and then there's there's, okay all right that you've you've listed off more buttons than a controller (laughs) has already yeah because i was trying to figure it out because i wanted my dodge to be a okay and i wanted my light attack to be x and then my heavy attack to be y and then b is to like crouch and all this other stuff okay um but when it mapped it out like to run up the wall I had to double tap A because I would hit A and it would dodge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I would, I would have to hit it again and run up the wall. 
And it even tells you, like, hey, if you're custom mapping this stuff, your gameplay experience might be fucked up. It, really? li- it literally says that. It didn't say fucked up, but it right. says it's going to be messed up. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I got this. And I think I went through, like, five times trying to figure out, okay, now this button needs to go there, and this button needs to go there. And I'll go back again, like, oh, nope, that doesn't work because I'm – I can't crouch anymore now because I'm dodging or whatever, you know? So that's so weird, man. There's gotta be like some controller map mod that you can download. That's like, just make it the default that it would be on the console. Well, I got it figured out now. Okay. I somehow got it figured out. Cause I just like, okay, fuck it. I'm just gonna throw it in my RB and see if that works. And it's it. And it works Okay. for now, at least until yeah. I have to do something that requires me to do, something else with rb right but um when i was playing the game i guess this is an update like it's not really like a dlc but i found uh easter egg or i don't even think it's an easter egg because there's like six spots on the map that said hey go here okay and it's the same mission i'm like okay this is weird so i do it and then there's like oh Go to there's a there's a falling star. Go to there, and I went there, and I had to like f- solve some puzzle, and then uh, have you ever played the the newest Final Fantasy? No. no. Okay, well there's a character in that that appears in this, and then you get a sword and a shield that are from Final Fantasy, okay, and that are really really strong. So I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And it Is was- the sword? comically huge like like could no. you not really wield no. it if you were a regular armed person no it was like all uh had like gears and stuff on it like i don't know it was, it was weird but it was like gold and but it wasn't really long if it was really long i think i would appreciate it more yeah but it was really short it's like, like every woman sword. ever not to me <laughs> <laughs> other than that i mean i've just been doing a bunch of side quests I, I forgot how huge the map is i mean it's mainly all desert but right there's still just like spots here and there that have certain things like bases and treasure and all that so and i was making my way across the map because i had to go back to my main spot the the beginning spot and on the way there i ended up fighting like level 40 people who are like five levels higher than me and i just got hit and killed in like two hits like they hit me with a bow and arrow and i just get knocked over and i'm like oh crap that's half my health so i hit it again because there's like five guys and they all have bows and bow and arrows so i die you're basically playing kingdom come at that point yeah and then i got pissed off and i'm like okay i'm gonna kill these guys because they killed me so i tried doing it like three more times and i'm like okay i'm done (laughs) i I can't do it i just just rode away did Um, you give them the middle finger when you rode away, I turned around and fuck put, you. I put my shield up and they tried shooting arrows at me and I'm like, yep, yeah, fuck you, bitch. You can't hit me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it with it. I mean, I, I want to, there's a super cool armor in there that looks like it's from uh Tron. Okay. It has like lights that are on it. That's badass. I really want to get that, but I don't know how to get that. I, I, I'm going to look that up later, but Definitely. I'm going to get that. If you screenshot it or screenshot it and send it to me, um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I want it right now. Um, so I also wanted to talk about a little bit about Jurassic Park. 
Yeah, the new movie, right? Um, well, uh, no, not exactly. That That is the first thing that you brought up when I mentioned Jurassic Park. Yeah, because that's, that's the newest one that came out. You know, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, yeah, but um, I I am doing my annual listen of the Jurassic Park audiobook. Oh. Is that it's cool. not, not as cool? Uh, yeah, that's cool. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's hear about that. No, I... I don't think I've heard the books the same or the book that you've read. Is that the same as the movie? So there are two books like and they're like Game of Thrones. Like there's it's exactly the same. They don't change anything at all. <laughs> yes. It is just like Game of Thrones where yes. they don't change anything at all between the books and the movies. I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love fucking, I fucking love dinosaurs. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, What's your favorite dinosaur? Probably. Don't say T-Rex. No, not T-Rex. Um, probably Brontosaurus. Which one's that? L- one of the long necks. Long boys. Okay. Yeah. From. I don't Little know. Littlefoot. You, you've yeah, Land Before Time. Yeah. Littlefoot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Continue. Uh but I try and listen to Jurassic Park probably once a year is about how often I end up listening to it. And I've read it previously too. I've seen the movies uh, multiple times, but the book is just so, it is so well written and is so fully realized. And every time I listen to it, I am just continuously surprised at how much detail Michael Crichton managed to pack in. And it's a short book. It's like regular novel sized, 350, 400 pages. And, um, the amount of, uh, like story content that he managed to manages to fit into this, into this novel is just insane. Like he take painstakingly takes time to describe like the way in which the computer system works on the Island of Jurassic park. Hmm. And normally details like that would bore me Yeah. in books. And a lot of times, and a lot of times details like that do bore me. And I end up like, eh, whatever, this doesn't fucking matter. I don't need to know how the computer system works, but he does it in like, he's going into it into detail for a reason. Like you need to know why the computer system works in that way, because when it fails, you as the reader can see why it fails. Yeah. And it's, it's little details like that. Like, okay, on the Island uh, and it's the same way in the movies, like there are fenced off barriers and the fences are electrified Uh and the, all of the animals, all of the dinosaurs are separated into their own little paddocks. And so like the T-Rex can't get to the brontosauruses that can't get to the stegosauruses and they're separated by all these different ways and that is supposed to keep the animals separate. But when those systems fail, you need to know, like you as the reader can understand why they failed because you already have so much description of why of each of those systems. Mm-hmm. And the characters in the book are the same characters for the most part that are in the movie. Like if you remember, there's Ian Malcolm, which mm-hmm. is... Um, Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah. Then there's the main paleontologist, which is Sam Neill's character. And there's the blonde girl who's in the movie. She's also in the book. You're horrible with remembering names. (laughs) 
Just the, I mean, the names aren't really that important. I know they're, they're the main character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but like yeah, that blonde girl, the yeah. blonde girl. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you, Austin. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't even I planned on talking about Jurassic Park. <laughs> But I didn't plan on bringing up the characters in, sp- like, okay, Alan Grant. All right, that's the main guy's name. <laughs> Alan Grant's the main guy's name. And then there's Blondie. The blonde girl. God damn it. Now I want to look it up. <laughs> uh, Sarah? Don't look Ellie, at me. I don't, Doctor... I don't remember the name. No, I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh man you said you listen to it yearly you I, I would think you'd remember the names i i do definitely listen to it yearly so i know a lot of the story beats but i evidently i don't really take heed of what the characters names are okay so there's alan grant who's the main paleontologist there's ellie sattler who is a paleobiologist um and the mathematician who is uh, Ian Malcolm, that is Jeff Goldblum's yeah, character. Yeah. And then there's the old guy that runs the park, which his name is they say the John name. Hammond. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll cut out the whole beginning part where you don't know the names Thank and call you. the one chick Blondie. Yeah. And I'll just put this part in saying. And then there is the guy that Sam um, Jackson plays in the movie. See, my problem is when I like when I think about the books and it's and and I'm reading the books or having the audiobook read to me. I'm not thinking about the characters. I'm thinking about the actors playing those characters. So in the movies or in the book, when it's talking about the guy that does. Uh, Dennis Nedry, who designs the computer systems and it goes into like detail about how he fucks up or how he purposefully infiltrate, like, like builds in a backdoor to the system. So that way, when he needs to get to other parts of the computer system, like he has a backdoor into these other places yeah. and he understands intimately how the system works so he can fuck it up in specific ways as to sabotage it. Yeah. So when they're talking about that and his design of this system, I'm not thinking about Dennis Nedry, the character. I'm thinking about the guy from Seinfeld who plays the character in the movie, which is um, Newman from Seinfeld does the character in the movie. So I'm not thinking about him in the books necessarily. I'm thinking about Newman from Seinfeld. And I think that's my problem when I'm thinking about these characters I'm just thinking about the actors. So I don't really care about the characters. That's names. very selfish of you. <laughs> if people so, spent time thinking about these characters' names and what, the, what to call them. Michael Crichton spent time. Yeah. And I I love him so much. And I, I did notice Apparently not. some things. <laughs> I did notice some things from the book are like. So like he mentioned, mentioned specific dinosaurs and like how. The Apatosaurus and the Brontosaurus are basically the same dinosaur. Okay. And Apatosaurus is like its official name, but Brontosaurus is what it's often referred to as. And he mentions the guy that discovered the Brontosaurus slash Apatosaurus back in the 1800s. 
And it's the same way with another dinosaur. He brings up the guy that discovered it just as little asides and his newest novel. He's been dead for quite some time. I think he died in like 08 or 09, Mm -hmm. but they discovered a new novel of his that was basically finished and his widow published it and it was published as dragon's teeth. So dragon's teeth is all about like going back into the wild west when they were first discovering dinosaur bones yeah. and like it takes place as this competition between these two professors who were competing to see who could discover the most dinosaur bones, the biggest fossils, like that kind of thing. It's this guy named Marsh and this guy named Cope and listening to this after having listened to dragon's teeth, I'm like, Oh, that's those fucking guys. That's the guys from dragon's teeth. And it's little cool things like that, that I really love paleontology. I love dinosaurs. Um, I love everything about the books, like the way that he crafts the story around dinosaur DNA and cloning these dinosaurs and like really having his characters decide or not really decide, should we do this? Like, that's not a thing that most of the characters are thinking about. Mm -hmm. Like the main character or the main guy who wants the dinosaurs created John Hammond, he's not concerned with whether or not this should be done. And the scientists that he has working for him are not even concerned about, should we do this? It's like, we are going to do this because we're going to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And, and most of his books are that way where it's like, a warning it's set in a sci-fi universe but it's also a warning because these are legit things that could be happening right now like i just read a news article the other day of how they're trying to clone a woolly mammoth like right now in this in 2018 they're trying to clone a woolly mammoth and because they found they, they like unearthed one in siberian russia or something that and it had thawed because of global warming and it's been like fucking, I don't know, 20,000 years or however long since woolly mammoth existed. It got frozen in this ice. And so because it was so well preserved, they're thinking, okay, now's our time, our time to shine, as Oscar would say. And we're going to try and clone this woolly mammoth. And I'm thinking, like, these animals died out for a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why woolly woolly mammoths don't exist anymore. Like, this is a bad fucking plan. I think somebody was saying that, like, by, like, 2025, you know, we'll be able to clone dinosaurs. And then somebody's like, we already have, like, six movies that prove (laughs) that that's a bad idea. Yes. (laughs) There are multiple ways that this could go poorly. One thing I can think of, though, is uh, Woolly Mammoth Burgers. I wonder if it would be any different. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I want a burger. A woolly mammoth burger? A woolly mammoth bur- burger. Can you imagine? So the descriptions of the apatosaurus is uh, one apatosaurus weighs as much as an entire herd of elephants. So like, Whoa, yeah. why the fuck wouldn't we have, like, get on it, okay? Let's raise some apatosauruses and have an apatosaurus farm. So that that could solve world hunger. Yeah, right we, there. Yeah, just like do what we do with cows, just feed them. Whatever. But way fucking bigger. Yeah, like the size of buildings. Yeah, just inject steroids into them, and then they get 
freaking huge. They're already going to be freaking huge. Yeah, even bigger. They stand like 50 feet tall. Even bigger. Oh, bigger, my God. The bigger, the better, Ryan. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Am I right, guys? Right, Sam, Justin, Oscar? What do you guys think of Jurassic Park? Uh, the The new movie that came out is what we're talking about. So do you want to wait till I see the movie to discuss that? I don't care. So the new movie came out, and um, I believe Colin Trevorrow is the director. I don't know. No, no, it's a new guy. It's Colin Trevorrow did. It, it seems very, very different than they didn't have enough Chris Pratt. It needed more Chris Pratt. Really? Yes. I was very unhappy with the amount of Chris Pratt in it because it focused on the lady. Then there was a kid. That it focused on, too. Okay, so it's not Colin Trevorrow that directed it. But Colin Trevorrow mentioned that um, some of the stuff in the newer movies that they are pulling, they're pulling dialogue and story beats directly from the two books that have not been used in a movie form yet. What? So there's like a lot of pretty complicated scientific dialogue, like about genetics and stuff like that. Yeah when they're touring the facility from the books. And a lot of that in the Jurassic Park movie is kind of dumbed down. So if you remember that part from the movie, it's basically Steven Spielberg basically makes it like a tourism ride through the facility where they're locked into like this little ride and it takes them around uh, a laboratory, but they never really go into discussing how the genetics are done. It's just that little cartoon video. And so the book goes way more into detail than the movie does. Obviously, so they always do. I'm hoping that in the new movies, like some of that stuff is a little bit more fleshed out with updated science behind it. Because the book came out in like, I want to say the 80s, like late 80s. Yeah. The, and the movie was from 93 or 94. So, yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, in the last 20 years since 24 years since the movie came out and 30 years since the book came out. A lot of that stuff has changed since then. So I'm interested. I want to see the new movie for sure. Even if there's not enough Chris Pratt in it. Yeah. Makes me upset. I I am. I, okay. I'm not going to go on record as saying I'm okay with that because Chris, Chris Pratt is fucking awesome. I love him. But I also like Bryce Dallas Howard, the girl that does plays Claire in the new movie. I was able to remember her fucking name for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why. But okay. Um, Maybe you liked her butt or something. Yeah. I mean, probably I did. I do remember she has some okay sized boobies. So Yeah. Yeah. She's a good looking woman. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just, I just, I wanted more of Chris Pratt. I'd rather look at Chris Pratt than her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. It, do the kids from the, Jurassic World reprise their roles. No. Okay. Uh-uh. So it's new kids. It's a just one girl. Oh. And she's not even related to Chris Pratt or that chick. Really? Yeah, it's from some other family that they go to. You'll you'll find out. Okay. Not that big of a deal. <laughs> um oh, one thing I wanted to ask when you're listening to the audiobook do they have the Jurassic Park theme song playing in the background? Unfortunately, no. What the? What? I, I'm i pretty sure the audiobook was recorded 
I suspect before the movie came out, okay. like Audible has been okay. around for yeah. a very long time. Okay. And uh, the guy that does it, his name is Scott Brick. He's the narrator of the audiobook, and he does a lot of Michael Crichton's books on audiobook. Yeah. So he did Timeline. I'm pretty sure he did Sphere. Um, it was a different girl for Congo, but he's really good. So okay. I've I've I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and some readers do more voices for characters than others yeah so i would say he's kind of in the middle with that like for john hammond he gets a little bit lower and gruffer to be the older guy yeah and for uh the henry Wu, which is the main scientist in the geneticist and he's in the new movies as well yeah um for his character he kind of just changes his intonation and some of his pronunciation a little bit but he uses basically his same voice so, so I, he sound tries to sound Asian, which I, is pretty racist. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he sounds Asian. He doesn't like do don't do it racist don't, accents. Don't, I'm not gonna do I it. Say, I'm not gonna do, do it. it. <laughs> it's a trap. I was trapping you. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. But yeah, no, I know. I've I've heard to a, a couple audiobooks and. There are some people that really get into it and they yeah. make it they make it sound 10 times better. It's way better yeah. when they do like super different voices for characters yeah. for sure. Yeah, I love when the when the readers do that and they but they have to do it well. Like I've listened to a couple of them where they'll do voices for characters but only sometimes. Like, like they've fallen in and out of character really? for certain voices and like like at the beginning what? So there's a book that I read or listened to the audiobook on. It's called Genome. And the second book is called um, Extinction. Uh-huh. And in the first book, one of the characters has a southern accent. And in the second book, they don't. Oh, so it's like, and I listened to them back to back, and I'm sure they were several years apart in release. Yeah. So if you were listening to them as soon as they came out, you probably wouldn't notice that. But since I finished the first book and started right on the second book, I was like, why doesn't so-and-so have a Southern accent anymore? Where? Yeah. But, and it's the same reader. So that person probably should have remembered the type of voice that they did for. I was thinking it would be like something like Sam doing it. And then he just forgets. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that is the way that some of them go for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I could totally see Sam doing it. And then oh, yeah. He, like, switches it up to a different voice because <laughs> he thought it was something else. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, that ends our Jurassic Park minute. So if any of our listeners like Jurassic Park or want us to go into more detail about any of the Jurassic Park, when, we see, when I see the new movie, Austin and I will sit down and talk about it. And uh, I'm going we'll, to start a pet, uh, petition for more Chris Pratt. <laughs> well, that seems to be what we're doing nowadays is just starting petitions to get people back into things or get people kicked out of things <laughs> because we have some m- some more movie news here. Yeah. The movie news minute we're coming up on. Um, you wanted to talk about Austin the Batista slash Guardians of the Galaxy 3 controversy. Like, well, I guess literally all of the people in Guardians of Galaxy are just like, no, we want 
James Gunn back. So they came out, definitely they came out yeah. in support of James Gunn. Yeah. And Chris Pratt tweeted something from his personal account. And they also had like an open letter to Disney slash Marvel that was like, this is, we want James Gunn back. And I think we talked about this on yeah, one of our previous did. episodes. But Batista took it a step further in that he came out and said, look, motherfuckers, I'm not going to be in this goddamn movie if you don't use James Gunn's script. Yeah. Because I guess there was some, a little bit of... Maybe he liked the jokes about being invisible. (laughs) I like the jokes about being invisible. So I hope they do use James Gunn's script. But there was some like whispers that Marvel and Disney were throwing out the script entirely and they were going to have somebody else pen the guardians three script instead of using what James Gunn had painstakingly put together for the third movie since he was already quite far along. I think he had finished the fucking script really in fact. So insane. Yeah. Batista was like, if you guys don't use his script, you can go fuck yourselves. I'm not going to be in your movie. Yeah. And that was basically he what Batista he said. Batista bombed them. Yes. He's going to Batista bomb. His famous move from WWE, yes. And he might Batista bomb Kevin Feige. Like, we don't know. He's a loose fucking cannon. Hopefully. That's probably why. Because probably in the script it says uh, Drax Batista bombs whoever the new enemy is. <laughs> so... And he's like, so, no, this, no stay, this has to stay this in. This has to stay You don't in there. understand. There will be millions of people that want to watch this, okay? There are millions of people. Count me in, motherfucker. I know. I right? would love to see Drax let's, Batista bomb anybody. Let's get a petition going on. <laughs> so now there is just uh, recently Cinema Blend put up an article on their website that says Disney was interested in keeping the script for guardians three. And there was some speculation before that he would not. So Batista obviously said that he wouldn't be in it if they didn't use his script. And, uh, the article also points out here that there is some people within Marvel who are trying to convince Disney to get James Gunn back on board with guardians three. Yeah. And I could not be happier about that. And, and so, so maybe he isn't going to be the director. Okay. You can't bring him back to his director. You've already kicked him off that. Yeah. But having him and the cinnamon blend article points this out, having him serve in a different capacity, such as executive producer yeah, uh, and script writing credits. Like he's worked so hard on these movies and poured so much of his life making, making true. this series. I can't imagine guardians without him. Yeah. He's the backbone of it. Absolutely. So this says this in the same article, it says that guardians three was already set to come out sometime in 2020 and Chris Pratt's next blockbuster oh, cowboy yeah. ninja Viking was that. delayed by universal because it was still going to, Script for Cowboy Ninja Viking is undergoing rewrites. And because of that, they haven't started filming yet. And that was also Chris Pratt could have a tight timeline to reprise his his uh, 
Star Lord. Star Lord, exactly. He would pick this new movie, or he would have to do this new movie over. Well, that's kind of what this is alluding to. Yeah, it says. Um, what? It says apparently one of the reasons Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's next blockbuster, Cowboy Ninja Viking, was delayed at Universal was not just because it is still undergoing rewrites uh, right before cameras were set to roll, but also that Chris Pratt was on a tight timeline to reprise Star-Lord. In order to meet a summer 2020 release, production needs to start early next year on Guardians 3. Uh, And if Marvel can't find a director, be it Gunn or someone new, to oversee the project, then it will need to be delayed. So if it got yeah. delayed, it would potentially take Chris Pratt out of filming Cowboy Ninja Viking and they would have to work out some deal with Universal to make it work with Chris Pratt being in Guardians 3 and in Cowboy Ninja Viking. Now, one of the reasons I suspect Chris Pratt was less in this new movie for fallen kingdom is because he already had commitments to Marvel to be in so much of Avengers Avengers three. Cause yeah. he's in a lot of that he's, movie. Yeah. He's in a lot of it. And he plays a pretty big role in what they're doing. I mean, he's not some side ass character, mm-hmm. you know? So he's the one that fucks it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he of anybody, he probably fucks up the most. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> but that's that's weird. That what if they uh, what if they threatened to replace them in uh, the Viking cowboy oh, ninja man. thing? Oh man, I I have no idea what that is. Like how would like this is the first this article is the first time hearing it. Yeah. So I would, but I also just want to see more Chris Pratt, like you do. I do yeah. So they're gonna have to figure out a way. I'm I'm saying they're gonna have to figure out a way to get him in both movies. That's it. Fucking figure it out. Get this director thing figured out. Just rehire James Gunn or whatever you're going to do. I don't like this this in limbo territory with, are we going to bring him back? We fired him for a reason. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll bring him back. Batista's not going to be in it. Everybody says that they don't want to do it without him. Like, fucking figure it out, Disney. Yeah. With, for Disney, I don't think it really matters, but with because <laughs> they're rolling in yeah, cash anyways, they got that dough, so they got all these companies and all this under them. Then you got Universal over here, which they're probably wanting some dough. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and time is money for them, right? So they're like, "All right, Chris Pratt, you you need to figure, you need to get this going over here, or you're out of this, or whatever, you know." You're probably right. And then he's got to choose which. I think he would have to choose Marvel because that's uh I would think. Unless he's like super tired of it. I hope not. I hope he's not tired of it because I'm not tired of seeing him. I'm not either. Really. I love him. Do you think they could replace him though? See, I feel about Star-Lord the same way that I do about Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Yeah. And that you, you knew exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I... The only iteration that I've seen of Tony Stark on screen is Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. So, no. That's I don't think they can. That's where we're going to base it off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, they couldn't replace him. And, oh, man. This, like, that's just a big mess. I think I think Chris Evans could probably be replaced. I think, obviously, Bruce Banner was replaced 
going from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo and without, you know, too much missing in between. I think he, I think Mark Ruffalo does a really good Bruce Banner. He does a really good Hulk. He's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think you could replace Tony Stark. Yeah. And I don't think you can replace Star Lord either. Can't, can't replace Drax either. Okay. (laughs) Can't do that. They probably have enough lines that they could just CG his ass in. They probably, they probably and could. whatever. <laughs> like he can just be in it without being in it anymore. I didn't want to say it because <laughs> it's really mean, but that threat he made was like nothing really to Disney. Oh man, this like, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company, one actor from one of their franchises, like. Yeah, it's a big deal, and he's a big deal, but yeah. maybe not. Like, they could write Drax out of it completely. I love Drax, yeah. but they could write him out completely and get another, the dig deep into the Marvel catalog and get somebody else yeah, another and big, probably big be buff, fine. A big buff uh, dummy. Right. <laughs> They'll put fucking Sabretooth in there or something <laughs> now that they own X-Men. Just like whatever it does, saber tooth in space. That's what the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Three is. <laughs> oh. And they'll just have some offhanded comment by Rocket about how Drax did something retarded and got himself sucked into a planet or to a star, and he died a warrior's death or something like that. Yeah, or he just got cosmetic surgery or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and now he's saber tooth instead of Drax. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna bring back Liv Schreiber to play Sabretooth. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh. So in the in Spider Man, or I'm sorry, in Ant Man and Wasp previews, you saw a preview for the Spider Verse, and you were very confused. I had no idea what was going on. It was like cartoonish, and it was there was one Spider Man, and there was a Spider Girl, and then there was, I think. The main character is African-American, which I always, I don't know. Spider-Man has always been white. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just its just a thing, I guess. Yeah. Because even in other three movies now of Spider-Man, they've all been white. Well, yeah. Which like, is racist. There's more than three movies. There's four, seven, six, eight. Six movies. Well, I'm just saying three different They've all characters. been white. Okay, yeah, yeah. All the actors that have played Spider-Man have been white. Yes. You are correct. And now, I don't know. They just have and and like they have different powers too, which is weird. I think I, I didn't know what was going on. I was very confused. Please explain to me. I'm so very, I'm, I'm I'm I don't know. So the new movie is called Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, coming out in in December fourteenth of this year, and it is an animated movie done by Sony Animated Pictures, uh-huh. who's done they've done things like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh okay, which I actually really like. I do Those like are that one really too. good movies. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they were going to be stupid, but I ended up really liking them. I'm pretty sure they do hotel Transylvania as well. And they've done a lot of, a lot of animated kid stuff. So since they own the Spider-Man property and they have this animation studio, they decided, Hey, let's do this, this newer Spider-Man comic book story that would be very difficult to do for us in live action form or for us to do in live action form yeah. and we'll do it in this animated way because we'll have to, we don't have to get a big name actor to do it. 
to do the voices. We don't have to get big name actors and we can, we don't have to have them on screen. So we don't have to pay even the voice actors. We don't have to pay them millions of dollars yeah. to be in this. You know, we can get Sam Romero from the crazy train of thought podcast and he can do the main character. He can do the girl, right? He can do the girl. He's perfect girl. <laughs> He's the perfect girl. <laughs> okay. Um, so what they've done is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is the Spider-Verse comic book line from, I think it's around 2012. So it's a newer comic book line. Oh, and basically, really? okay. yeah, basically it brings together Spider-Man who is Miles Morales, yeah. who is not Peter Parker. Yeah. And, um, Miles meets Peter Parker and he is sucked into some type of vortex thing where he enters a world. Miles Morales enters a world where all of the spider people coexist. Yeah. So there's um, Jessica something who is spider woman. There's spider Gwen who's Gwen Stacy. Uh-huh. And she is she has spider powers. There's Miles Morales who is a, a version of Spider-Man. There's Peter Parker who who is a version of Spider-Man. There's Spider-Man 2099, which is Spider-Man from the future. Um, There's Spider-Man Noir, which is like kind of a grizzled, older Spider-Man, similar to like Old Man Logan from the comic books. I think that was the one. You have the comic book here. I do. And I saw there's a picture of a guy with a revolver. He basically, now that I think about it, he looks like the Punisher, just in Spider-Man costume. Right. Literally just wearing all black. And literally, he's wearing that cape, the, not the cape, the trench coat that the Punisher wears also, you know, and he has that revolver and it, it is really weird. So there, there's a ton of, a ton of versions of Spider-Man that coexist in this world. There's yeah. the ones that we mentioned, there's Spider-Ham, which is it's a pig? basically Spider-Pig from The Simpsons. I think that was in the end of the book when I was looking at it. So I don't know if... I don't know which came first. I don't know if Spider-Ham existed before Spider-Pig. Dude. But I would like to believe that The Simpsons is the reason that the Spider-Ham exists. Have you not seen all the things that The Simpsons predicted? It is a crazy amount of things. <laughs> like Donald Trump as president is yes, one of them. It is one of them. That's th- I mean, this gets into like some fucking... Uh, some fucking Mandela effect shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, we could, we could we'll, spend we'll talk about that later. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I don't, I have not read said comic book yet. And I only know the basics of why these characters are put together. So, and I don't want to spoil anything on the podcast. Obviously I'm not going to like read the Wikipedia entry for Spider-Man into the spider verse, but Basically, all of the Spider-Men get put in the same world to fight the bad guy. I already read the last five pages. You want me to tell you? No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) I won't. Thank you. I actually didn't read it. I looked at the last page, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, I don't want to know. I I don't want to know. And then I closed it. Close the fucking book. So (laughs) I, I don't know what's going on. So in... Now we have some video game news to talk wait, about. Wait, okay. What I was One thinking, thing? yeah. Okay, go ahead. Why didn't they just get like uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield <laughs> and all of them to do voice acting for these people? Um, uh, missed opportunity. Like, let's bring back Toby, uh, 
Flenderson. What the fuck's his name? You say Flenderson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're thinking about The Simpsons still. Uh, McGuire. Th- no, yeah, Toby McGuire. Well, who's the guy that played? Topher Grace is who I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. Topher Grace has the voice of Brock. <laughs> um, all these people. Let's bring him back. Just get throw James Franco in there because he was in the first one also. Yeah. As a, a Green Goblin son. Can we agree that... Um, damn it. Who's the guy that played the Green Goblin? Uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe, yeah. Willem Dafoe would be the best voice of Green Goblin they could possibly get. That is Let's true. be honest. That is very, very true. I don't see him in the Wic- or the IMDb entry here as a character, so I don't think he's in this new movie. What the hell? So I'm not watching it now. Well, Daddy Dafoe isn't in it. Why? Why would you watch a Spider-Man movie without Willem Dafoe and without the Green Goblin? I don't know. For the other ten Spider Men and women <laughs> in it. <laughs> but I might I might take a peek at this, maybe. I think it's gonna be cool. I I think Oscar and I already have plans to go see it in December. Oh. And if you would like to come with us, maybe we can make it a podcast outing and we can all talk about it come December. Okay. I think it's gonna be cool. I think Sam might come to this. Maybe. It might be PG enough for him. <laughs> You know how he be. Yeah, I know how he be. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know him too well. We all do. Maybe maybe that can be his 15th birthday present. We'll pay for him to go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, because he has to go back to school now. Yeah. Back to high school. <laughs> Pretty now. soon. Pretty soon. Okay, so you want to talk about video game news? Yeah, which one? Let's start with uh, EA's Moral Compass. Okay. Because I think this is a laughable bit of news, and I wanted to specifically bring this up with you on the podcast because of... Why, because I love EA Because so of your love for EA yeah. and everything that they produce. Yeah, I got posters on my wall. <laughs> Uh, not of the games they make, just no. of EA. Yeah, just of EA. The guy who runs EA, you have yeah. him up there. I got that. Um, so right in his forehead. Uh, this is a GameSpot article, and this is from a interview with GI.biz that uh, EA's vice president of strategic growth, Matt Biley, Bilby? Matt Bilby has talked about he says him and the leader of their chief design officer, Patrick Soderland, sat down post-Battlefront 2 to talk about their plans to not do loot boxes anymore. Yeah, what are we doing wrong? Yeah. What we've been doing in the past that people have been telling us. Huh. Let's sit here for another two games and figure out what's going on. <laughs> And then let's reinstate the loot boxes to <laughs> Battlefront 2. Even though everybody fucking hated it, we've got to make money somehow. Fuck it. Let's listen to them, but then... But then not really listen then to not them. not really. What the fuck? <laughs> I think... So this, this article just came out. It's like brand new fucking news. They've already been having the loot boxes reinstated to Battlefront yeah. 2 for months and months. Yeah. And we've already talked about yeah, that. Yeah. So... To have him come out and talk about... So he says, I ran a team internally uh, post-Battlefront 2 to... uh, Post-Battlefront to actually redesign our game development framework and testing platforms to ensure 
We're giving our game teams the right guidance. We call it an EA moral compass uh. at the beginning of development so that we're designing our live service early. We're testing it early and testing it with gamers who are giving us feedback so we ensure those pillars of fairness, uh. value, and fun uh -huh. are true. And money. Yeah, they forgot one. It's money. Yeah. Their money compass, you mean to say. <laughs> the EA money compass. <laughs> <laughs> so what I found so hilarious about this, him coming out and saying this, is this is the same quote unquote change that EA underwent in older, older gamers will remember this. And maybe you remember this. So EA... At the beginning of the Xbox 360 era, uh -huh. they had a thing called online passes. And they were the ones that instituted, like them as a publisher, started putting online passes into games. So not only did you have to buy the game on, on disc, yeah. but you had to enter the code that came with yeah. the disc in order to recoup they said it was to recoup funds they were losing on used game sales. So you'd have the you'd buy the game, you'd have to type in this code to activate your online pass. Yeah. And then that code was only redeemable by one person. Yep. So for instance, Dead Space 2 had this online pass thing. So in order to use the multiplayer or co-op features in Dead Space 2 and 3, you had to have this online pass. So if you bought Dead Space 2 or 3 used you would have to pay EA another ten dollars yep. in you like a digital money. Yeah. So via Xbox Live or via, via PlayStation Network or on e Origin yep. on EA's own PC platforms, so that they could get more money from you as a gamer, essentially. Yeah. Because if you're playing Dead Space Two and you bought the game used, EA is not seeing any return on that. And they instituted that fucking policy and all the other game publishers followed suit. So Activision soon put it into Call of Duty mm -hmm. and put it into other uh, games that they were releasing. Dragon Age, I think, had it. Um, yeah. I think it was Dragon Age 2 at the time had some dumbass multiplayer thing. Mass Effect for sure had it. Yeah. And those are all EA properties, but other game publishers and I don't remember the specifics about the way other game publishers did it, but EA was the reason that that happened. So they came out like at the end of the 360 era, which was eight fucking years. And they were like, Oh, um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, we didn't, we didn't know that gamers didn't really like this policy. We didn't think that gamers had a problem. Our money compass Pay said it was right. Yeah. Our <laughs> I mean, our moral compass. Sorry. <laughs> our money compass said it was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they went straight from that, straight from like backing down on that uh, game uh, on the online yeah. pass thing, yeah. Yeah. jumping into loot boxes. So at the beginning of this current generation of consoles, Xbox One, PS4 era, that's when we started seeing an explosion in loot boxes and the like mass effect three, I think like the tail end of that popularity for mass effect three 
was when they talked about, okay, we're going to get rid of online passes. We love gamers. We love gamers buying our games. And we're getting rid of online passes because we think it's fair to the gamer to have online passes. But it was because they instituted fucking loot boxes. Yeah. That that was why they could get rid of the online pass because they figured out another fucking way to get money from you. Yeah, and you're and you're you're the cause of that. <laughs> at least a little bit. At least a little bit. I am the dumbass. Like, I am at, at least one of the whales that spent money on Mass Effect 3's loot box multiplayer. I spent money on Mass Effect Andromeda's loot box uh, multiplayer. Uh, I'm a moron. Uh, that is well stated <laughs> evidence on the podcast. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I spend my money in stupid ways. <laughs> But I just want to be the lesson, okay? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, don't oh, I want no. people to learn from my mistakes. Do not <laughs> give EA and their stupid ass moral compass, money compass, more of your hard earned cash. Make sure you give donate it to, to make sure you donate to our Patreon so Ryan can <laughs> spend more money on loot boxes. And... You should give your money to Devolver Digital. <laughs> yeah, okay? okay, yeah, yeah. If anybody deserves any more money, yeah. it's the company that tells you we want your fucking money. <laughs> okay, it's not EA who comes out and says we ha- we've instituted a new moral compass. It's like l- listening to Trump's tweets. Oh my okay? god, yes. I, this might as well be read in Trump's voice. I wish Justin was here. <laughs> To fucking read this. This is horseshit. Yeah. And every gamer should be able to by now to realize EA does not have a moral compass. They have a money compass. Just like you said, Austin. I think we all should just sign a petition. (laughs) 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 I'm going to start a petition. (laughs) Grassroots movement here on the podcast I'm going to sign this petition if you think EA's moral compass is bullshit. I think we just stop buying EA games altogether. I'm to that point, obviously. Because they're all... It's, it's not getting any better. No. Um, and, and despite uh, evidence to the contrary, I don't think they're going to make a big turnaround. Sure, I think they're going to shy away now from loot boxes, whatever that means. There's going to be something new. But they're going to have something new. They're going to have something for you to give them more money. What if they bring back the online passes? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I would I would love that if they brought back the online passes. Because that's more fuel on my fucking fire. Like, I can put that in my petition. They don't have a moral compass. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that even fucking mean? They'll, they'll call it something else. They're not going to call it an online pass. They're right. Gonna- VIP. Yeah. EA's multiplayer VIP <laughs> program. It'll be uh, EA Origin multiplayer VIP, VIP program for console gamers. That's going to be its full fucking name. It'll be no, EA Origin VIP premier system for console oh, gamers. No. Oh. They, they just keep adding names to their <laughs> systems, hoping that you spend money on it. Like, Oh, this sounds good. Oh, my God. Wow. EI, VIP Premier. <laughs> I can't even say it all. <laughs> and it's going to spell out money compass. <laughs> yeah. It'll spend out. It'll spell out money. That's for sure. <laughs> the fuck? 
<laughs> this is fucking stupid. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I really do think we just need to stop buying those games from EA. I mean, it might affect Bioware, but what they've been coming out is pretty poopy. Uh, I feel I feel bad for Bioware. I think you and I have mentioned it before. Yeah. Like, I want to still love Bioware's yeah. games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they are such a historied and storied developer. That's my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to see it crash and burn now because of EA and their money compass. <laughs> their money compass. So... Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Bioware and speaking of EA, uh, according to a new, some new news on Bioware, they are still working on content for the Old Republic, and they evidently have some exciting news to announce on the Old Republic that uh, that they like a new DLC pack. I would imagine. Yeah. My question to you, Austin, is do you think the Old Republic is going to come to consoles? Mm, probably not. No? You don't think that's the news? Uh, that'd be too big for them. If they did, it wouldn't be that great. Really? I think. I mean, if they're ha- having their whole team focus on Anthem, and then I think you and I were talking about earlier about the one guy that's probably working on well, okay, so, Mass Effect. So <laughs> and they came out and said that they had news for the Old Republic. And Casey Hudson also came out in the same statement. And he said, don't worry. We still have teams at work working on hard at work, working on stuff for Mass Effect and in the Dragon Age universe. Yeah. And. The guy that's working, they have, let me tell you what they have for Mass Effect. They have one fucking guy working on Mass Effect. His name's Steve. They have him in the closet and they just have one singular desk in the closet. And to Casey Hudson opens the closet up once a week. He says, hey, Steve. Yeah. Well, what do you need, Casey? Are you still working on Mass Effect? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've. I draw. I wrote a paragraph this week. That's what I've been working on. I wrote a paragraph about a new type of character. It's a guy that has a rhino horn. And it, Casey Hudson shuts the door. And then he tweets, yep, we're still working on Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, never mind that it's just Steve. And all he's doing is creating stupid new characters. And he's not working on anything for a new game. Yep. And I feel like that's also what they're doing with Dragon Age. Because I don't I don't think they have enough creative talent to be making a new Dragon Age, making a new Mass Effect, and be working on Anthem. And be working on new DLC for the Old Republic. They're probably just, uh, they brought up a new team like they did with Montreal. Their first game, game that they ever made was a was Mass Effect Andromeda. And they're like, all right, guys. <sighs> Here you go. And they probably did the same thing. Hey, how you guys doing over there? You almost done with it? <laughs> EA's on our back right now. They want to release it next month. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're close to getting it done. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're basically done. We're basically done. <laughs> Never mind that we have not worked out any of these story kinks. We have not animated any of the faces. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have enough for you to do in the game. So we're just going to have you jump around these poorly realized worlds and have it be glitchy as fuck. 
They're like, are you sure it's done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ba- it's basically done. It's basically Known done. shippable is all the problems that we have left first to day, correct. First day patches. We'll, we'll get it. We'll, d- get we'll it do a day one, patch. day one patch. It'll fix all of the animation for the facial issues. It'll add 92 more quest lines. It's and and it's it's like a 10 gig patch, but it's fine. <laughs> and Casey's like you don't think at 10 gig we should include it? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's fine to not be on the disc. We'll fix it in post, guys. We'll fix it in post. Just like this fucking oh, crazy train of thought yeah. podcast. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it all in post. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I said that to Justin one time, and I thought he was going to punch me in the throat. <laughs> I think he told me about that. Yeah. That's how angry he was. Yeah, he was pissed. He was like, no, you're not fixing it in post. Correct your fucking problems on your show. <laughs> and that's that is sage advice, that's Justin. What you live by that, today. Yeah, that is what I live by today. That is what EA needs to get Bioware on board with. Like, no, you're not fixing it in post. You don't have enough time between the time game the game goes gold and the time it ships. Like, that's that's a month and a half window right there. You can't solve your story issues in a month and a half yeah and i think they gave up working on that game in like six months they were done patching it and i think that's fucking hilarious when you consider like a company their main rival one of their main rivals being ubisoft yeah ubisoft has been supporting for honor since it launched in 2015 yep and same thing with Rainbow Six Siege. That launched two, three years ago. They're still going strong. And they're still releasing content for those games. They're still yeah. updating it. They still have managed to create strong fan bases and loyal fans for those games. Yep. There's a fucking reason why people aren't playing Andromeda anymore. Yeah. It's not just because it's a trash game. It's because EA said, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. They're like, we'll focus on multiplayer. And then they stopped focusing <laughs> and on And then they did that. And then they stopped doing that as well. Yeah. Oh, I think I got a headache working on it. But maybe, this was your idea, maybe they're working on a Mass Effect Dragon Age crossover. Ooh, yeah. So the next Mass Effect Dragon Age game, the, the re, they only have one team working on it because it's one fucking game. Yeah. Commander yeah. Shepard falls. It takes place... Before the end of the third game, Commander Shepard falls through a portal in time and space, and he he gets like blown. You know, he uses the Mass Effect relays, and yep. he gets blown through a black hole. Black hole. Yeah. I've already done it for you. You you. These are yours, Bioware. Have these ideas. Commander Shepard gets blown through a, a black hole via Mass Effect relay. Yep. And he ends up in Thetis. And He's he coming meets, through one of those rifts. Yep, he comes through a rift in time. Yep. And just as it's sealed by the main character from Dragon Age Inquisition. Yep. And he seals up the rift, but the Normandy comes through, and the back half of it gets cut off. So it's just like Joker and a handful of the people from the ship yep. have made it into Thetis. And is that that's the name, right? Thetis. Thetis. Yeah. Thetis. Yeah. And Varric's there, and he's like, oh, fuck, I got to write this shit down. <laughs> Fucking spaceship just fell through a goddamn portal in the sky. Another story to write. Yep. yep. Man. That would be amazing. That writes itself right yeah. there. I mean. That's what Steve's working on. <laughs> oh, Steve, you motherfucking brilliant <laughs> man. I love you. 
Steve's done it. He's cracked the code, He's okay? The code. Fuck He's... the rhino people. Those are not in it anymore. How are you going to do that? That was a stupid idea to begin with. You know, Dragon Age Inquisition, not so good. Mass Effect Andromeda, not, not so, so good. good. You put them put together. Put them together? Dragon Age Inquisition 2, Mass Effect Andromeda 2. <laughs> oh, One game, full title right there. Ew. Dragon Age Inquisition, Mass Effect Andromeda 2. Uh, uh, it just gets me gets me all uh i'm hard right now hot and bothered yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what i was thinking too yep yeah uh it makes my stomach upset yeah just a little <laughs> bit to even think about the implications of that there'd be so much that has to be done for this oh uh, and they can't do it steve i love you i don't think you can do it oh <laughs> uh, if only we can all dream though Yes, I'll dream. I will dream. I, I'm going to. OK, so there's a theory that and this works in practice, too. It's it's called creating a dream state. You try and focus on a specific topic that you want to dream about. Oh, I've tried this before. Have you? And yeah. have you not got it to just, work? Uh, just uh, big titties in my face as I'm trying to go to sleep. And I just I don't remember anything. <laughs> so it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. I've, I've, thought, I've tried doing this before. You focus on big anime titties and you can't make that happen in your dreams? Yeah. Because that's all Sam dreams about. I know. I've, I've asked him for his secret, but he will not tell me. <laughs> he's doing something and he's not telling me how to do it. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> make this a reality for me, you motherfucker. I want to have a dream every night about those big anime hentai titty tentacle monsters. Please. <laughs> So th- I'm going to try this and I'll let the listeners know how it goes on the next episode. I'm going to try and focus on the Dragon Age Mass Effect crossover game. And if I come up with any badass ideas of how this would function in game or if I see if if I am transferred to the game world and I become a character in the game, I'm gonna, probably going to be like a slug from... Like on a log and I'm watching the main characters in Dragon Age <laughs> communicate with Commander Shepard. But if that happens, I will send these ideas directly to as directly as I can to Steve to Steve at Bioware. I'll tweet at EA. I'll start a bu- motherfucking peti- petition. Oh, I'll no. start a motherfucking petition yes, if I can start a petition for it. for the Dragon Age Mass Effect crossover. Let's make this a reality. What if that's what they actually are working on? Oh, my God. <laughs> I shit my pants. I, this this podcast will become the new Simpsons, and we'll just start predicting shit from the future. <laughs> we already have a prediction from Infinity War. Yeah, Oscar, and, and right? Yeah, Ant-Man and Wasp come true. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Wow. <laughs> So the last thing that we're we're we got about 20 minutes left here. The last thing that I wanted to touch on before we go today, and I'm sorry if I'm sorry for the listeners who think that we are not the two most interesting people on this podcast because this is evidently not been the podcast for you. Yeah. Stay tuned. We have the best news of the night right here. Are you ready for it, Austin? I was I was ready since we first started it. Okay. 
Steven Seagal has been appointed by Russia, met with Putin himself as the special envoy to the U.S. to promote humanitarian ties between Russia and the U.S. Yay. Is this the most exciting fucking news you've ever heard? Yeah! Yeah! All right! Steven Seagal has done it. Yeah. He's cracked the code. He's, he's un- infiltrated. He's infiltrated <laughs> Russia. <laughs> he's met with Putin himself. Putin shook, shook hands with him. Shook hands with Putin in the same way that Trump did. Yes. But less like a moron yeah. and more like an equal. Yeah. More like a... More, less like Putin tricked Trump into becoming president and more like Steven Seagal, Seagal. I respect you as yes. a human being. And 2020, Steven Seagal, Put, Vladimir Putin for president. I'm predicting it here. I was about to say that. I was just thinking that as you were saying it. I would vote for him. I would vote for them too. Yeah. For sure. Why would yeah. I not do that? Yeah. I, mean, I We've already... We've already made the fucking mistake of getting a reality star into the White House. So let's have a two-peat, okay? Let's repeat our mistakes from the 2016 election. And let's go ahead and elect Steven Seagal and Vladimir Putin for president in 2020. I don't know if Putin will... I think he can probably do both. Like, if he's just the vice president of the United States, I think he can still be the emperor of Russia, right? There's no, uh, like, do you have to be a citizen to be a vice president? I, that's, I know a, that's a good fucking question. To be you a definitely have to be it for president. Yes. I know. I that. think that the requirements for vice president are less strict. Yeah. If Dick Cheney can do it, I think that Vladimir Putin can probably handle all governing all of Russia hey, and also, of course he can vice presidenting. Even- Even Steven Seagal quoted himself as Putin being the greatest leader and a personal friend. That's insane. Steven Seagal actually said that. Steven Seagal has dual citizenship between the United States and Russia. So so they they could literally run each country together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on board with this. So in the 2020 Russia election... They'll just run over there as well. Yes. And it'll be Putin Seagal. And then in the U.S., it'll be Seagal Putin. Yes. Oh, my God. They'll be co-emperors. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'll lead the free world or the not-so-free world. They'll, yeah. They'll, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. They would. They would uh, yeah. They would lead the free world, but the also equal communist world. <laughs> yes. Can, can we get... Kim Jong-un <laughs> as Secretary of State, at least. Like, who's the third in line? I don't even remember who's the third in line. The Speaker of the House? Can we elect him? Fuck it. We might as well. If we're putting Seagal in the White House, Putin's in there too. Might as well throw Sylvester Stallone in there while we're at it. Yeah, he was the leader of the Ravagers in Guardians 3, so obviously he could do it. He's got experience. Yeah. he's Yeah, he has galactic leadership experience one could say i mean he's he's honestly probably more qualified to invent the space force than trump is or at least or at least as qualified i was about to say yeah he could literally lead our space force oh my god the fuck are we even doing this is crazy i'm starting a petition (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. Tell yeah. me uh go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to point out that he Putin like even when Steven Seagal got his citizenship, Putin personally handed his passport to Steven Seagal. That's insane. Like like I I legit think Putin respects Steven Seagal on like a man to man level. Yeah. And I think Putin met with Trump to like look like belittle him and be like, look what I fucking did to you. And you're still going to treat me as your equal. Like I'm the reason you're in the white house. You moron. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Fuck. And, and if Putin tried to attack Steven Seagal, yeah, well, they probably wouldn't. I'm just saying, right. But if, but they if did, he did try, Steven Seagal would be able to defend himself. That's true. He actually knows martial arts. He is one of the world's greatest martial artists. And Putin respects that. Tell me your... (laughs) And evidently, Putin respects that. (laughs) Tell me your favorite Steven Seagal movie, Austin. They're all my favorite. What do you mean? All of them? Yeah. My my favorite movie is going to be the documentary that will be about him becoming the president or co-president (laughs) <laughs> Co-emperor of both Russia and the United States. I can see the History Channel now. <laughs> They're going to get the guy from Ancient Aliens to fucking do the voiceover work. Honestly, I don't know. There's a lot of movies that he's in. During that I the like. 2019 elections, when Steven Seagal and Vladimir Putin announced their, their run for office, nobody thought it was possible. But do... To Russian meddling in the in the 2020 election via the Facebook and the Twitter, and Instagram, they started a new Instagram campaign, a misinformation campaign to discredit all of the Democratic candidates. Seagal and Putin have now done like this is a, a, a historic event, an historic event. That's all I got. I like it. I would watch. I would watch it. I'm telling you, that would be my new favorite movie if they made that. They could turn it into a like a TV show. <laughs> they can do a series. They could do a it series. It won't just be a documentary. Oh, I love it. There are so many options here. Like he could literally like, he's gonna have to execute someone. He'll just like karate chop him in the neck, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just instantly execute him right there and then and there. Um, so it has been quite some time since I have seen a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't uh, think there's been any recent ones out. Oh, no. He is still doing movies. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, they're not good, but he's still <laughs> doing them. That's what I was thinking, because I haven't heard anything. So I am pretty sure my favorite is probably... um. The 2001 movie that he did with Wesley Snipes, or I'm sorry, not Wesley Snipes, DMX. You remember that like two years in a row where DMX was in movies and he was in, he was in this movie, which is called Exit Wounds. And he was also in Cradle to the Grave with Jet Li. Yeah. Yeah. He has that part where he rides the ATV across the, across the rooftop in Cradle to the Grave. So I went and saw both of those movies in theaters because I was a very big DMX fan in 2001 when I was in middle school-ish <laughs> kind of era. Um, and they're so bad. This is such a terrible fucking movie. Um, 
Do you remember seeing this? I I, I vaguely remember that. I mean, it, I was. Yeah, I think I was in like elementary school when this so came out. I I might have misspoke there. Two thousand one would have been like fifth grade, for me. So I, I might. I would have been like eight years old. It was an R old. movie. There's no way I got into an R-rated movie in the fifth grade. Maybe you snuck in. Maybe they're like, this is Steven Seagal. Just go right in. <laughs> Just go right in. I was a, but I was like, my mom loves Steven Seagal too. So we always rented ah, like Steven Seagal movies. So yeah. she might have taken me to see this movie, like little fifth grade me. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we rented it and I'm completely mis- you're misremembering just, you're it. You're just sitting in, or you're just standing in the middle of the aisle, like karate chopping everything. <laughs> uh, I want to get the synopsis for this real quick. Any any of our listeners who don't know what Cradle to the Grave or uh, Exit Wounds are, you definitely need to see these movies. Uh, DMX plays Orrin Boyd, a tough cop in an inner city precinct that discovers a web of dirty cops and corruption. Or I'm sorry, Steven Seagal plays Orrin Boyd, a tough cop in an inner city precinct, discovers a web of dirty cops and corruption. So I don't know what who exactly DMX is. I don't know if he's a dirty cop or if he's like a gangster, but he wants to do good for the city. Yeah. Um, I should rewatch Exit Wounds. <laughs> I might buy it right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you have yours picked out, Austin, what your favorite Steven Seagal movie is? Honestly, I don't think I have a favorite. Like I said, a lot of these were 1997, <laughs> 1996. I see he did an episode of Roseanne. That's awesome. He was in Mach- Machete. Was he? That's what it says. 2010. Yeah. Machete. Uh, all these other ones I've never heard of that are like recent. I told you he was still doing fucking movies. He's got ones that aren't even out yet. These they're, don't even have release dude, dates. They're probably popular in Russia. <laughs> That's like <laughs> how popular are Steven Seagal's movies in Russia? I want to know that. Listeners, please let us know if you're a big Steven Seagal fan, even if you're a Vladimir Putin fan. Let us know how excited you are for Putin Seagal 2020. I mean, this is big effing news to have Steven Seagal be a, a dual citizenship in Russia. And be the special motherfucking envoy to the U.S. in order to promote humanitarian ties. Like, legit, this might be a good thing. I know we've been, we've spent this whole segment here making fun of it. But, like, maybe he can do some good. Like, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I like Steven Seagal. I think, I think he's maybe past his prime (laughs) Hey, he could still karate chop you in the neck and kill you in one hit, okay? He probably could. I think he's maybe past his prime in some ways, but I like Steven Seagal. Sure, fuck it. If he's going to be, he's more qualified to be special envoy between the United States and Russia than Trump is to be president. Yeah. So, whatevs. Yeah. But he does have some uh, uh, sex, sexual assault cases. Oh, really? Against him. Well, how would you... You think a man with that much pent-up aggression wouldn't have sexual assault cases? Duh. It's like Cosby. (laughs) 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 
Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Yes, Ryan. I'll go with that. I have no comeback for that because you are exactly right. <laughs> I've never been more right, one could say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, listeners, if you are excited for Steven Seagal to be the special envoy between the United States and Russia, let us know. More than 70 women have like holy shit yeah sexual misconduct including rape but has denied ever having non-consexual sex with anyone that's a fuck ton that is 70 women that's how much he's been accused jesus (laughs) holy shit but as really has there ever been a man more qualified to be putin's equal than steven seagal no probably not no honestly well, what's his name? Uh, John Von... Jean-Claude Van Damme is probably a close second. I would say him. But he has enough self-awareness in the new Amazon movie with John... Uh, it's actually a TV show. Uh, in the new Amazon TV show to, like, make fun of himself. Yeah. So I think that makes him less qualified. If you are aware of your flaws and the things that people like about you ironically... As an actor, if you're aware of those things, then you are not qualified to be Putin's equal. I agree with you. Yeah, because both Putin and Steven Seagal are are like that. They're not there. They are unaware. Yeah. Steven Seagal is unaware of how people like him ironically. And if there are any legitimate Steven Seagal fans out there, let us know why you like him as an actor and or as a person. If you're into rape then that might be why you like him. And in which case, do not let us know. Yeah. Uh, That's super we'll fucked up. We'll give you Ryan's personal email and you can uh, talk to him about I that. I can uh, maybe get you to somebody who can help you. <laughs> no, we'll just give him the grande pp <laughs> email. Are you ready to end this, that's, Austin? I think that's it. You know? I think we're pretty much good. This has been quite an episode. I thought... Maybe we would not have enough to talk about on this episode, but we were able to really go some places. That was pretty good. Okay. We're going to end this thing. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. This has been Crazy Train of Thought episode, whatever the fuck we're on, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. This is, I have been your host, your humble host for this episode, Ryan Wolf. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I also have Austin Torres opposite me obviously on the microphone there thank you austin for being on the podcast obviously you can check out our stuff on podbean if you found our podcast you found it somewhere if you're listening check out our merchandise which is only a t-shirt thus far you can view that on our website go to theidiotsavants.net slash merch or crazytrainofthought.com slash merch you can see the links to the t-shirt there Uh, Check out our stuff on Instagram. We've been trying to post some more videos on there of gameplay, a little bit of gameplay, a little bit of videos that me and Malcolm have been working on. And Austin's going to work on a few videos. Yeah. And um, check out our stuff on Twitter. Probably a little bit more active on the Instagram. Our videos are also on the website if you want to check that out. The podcasts are on the website. Um, Anything that we put out goes up on the website. So if you just like what we're doing here, go to crazytrainofthought.com. Check out the BS Podcast Network, guys. They're a big reason why we're doing this. 
Is there anything you would like to plug, Austin? Are you streaming at all coming up here? Uh, no. Okay. With that being said, we're going to get out of here. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. That's all, folks.